Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen. I want you to go with me this morning to Genesis chapter 17. And as you're turning there, I want to remind you of something. A few months ago, in fact, back in the first part of November, I started a new study titled The God Who Is More Than Enough. And I was able to get through that one service. And then from there until now, I have not gotten back to it. And so I knew it, God had impressed upon my heart to do this study. And I, I mentioned this to my wife. I don't know if it was a couple of days ago, but I said, man, I, I just, I'm not, I don't have the same zeal and passion to go this direction and everything. And, and what did I do, is, what I did, I should say, is I got my message and I started to go through it again. And as I started to go through it again, I started getting excited again. And, and, and I came to the realization of why God wants us going this direction. And I believe if you guys can just open your hearts to receive this, there are going to be a lot of very familiar scriptures I'm going to give out to, to some of you. Some of you might not know them all. But the, the, the bottom line is, how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing, not having heard. This is probably one of the bigger uh, fallacies with a whole bunch of Christians is right there. They think they can live on stale manna. You know what I'm talking about there? They think they can live on what they've heard, not what they're hearing. I guess what I'm trying to say is, I'm not guessing I'm trying to say, I am saying it. We need to be people who devour the word of God. I said we need to be people who devour the word of God. We need to be reading your, you need to read your Bible every day. You need to be, I mean, take the time. There's a, a, a reading program, I think it's five by five by five. I don't know why they call it that. But you read for five days, and you're off for two, then you read for five days, and you read through the New Testament in one year. And I've done this now for probably five, six, seven years, reading through the New Testament, reading through the New Testament. And that's not saying I don't read from the Old Testament, but the bottom line is this. I love the Bible. And I'm trusting God every time I enter that word that he's going to reveal new things to me. See, I believe this is spiritual food to my spirit, man. How many know that you are not what you now see on the outside? This out here isn't the real me. The real me is on the inside. I'm a spirit. I have a soul. That's my thinking and, and, and such. And I live in this body. And that's why I say I look a whole bunch better on the inside than on the outside. You want to know why? Because I'm a new creation. A new creation. I, I want to say that again. A new creation that never existed before. The old, that being my old sinful nature, is gone. Behold, everything is new, and these things are of God. Hallelujah. And this is how I strengthen my inner man with spiritual food. This Bible is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It is spirit in life. You need to read your Bibles. Don't just wait to come to church and hear from the pastors. Read your Bibles. If you do not know how to read your Bible, listen, it's very easy. Start in the New Testament. I know one of the biggest, uh, I'll say it this way. When people get born again, they think, well, I'm just going to open my Bible up and I'm just going to start reading. And a lot of people like to do it this way. I'm sorry, this is not being led by the Spirit. I'm just going to open my Bible. Wherever it falls is where I'm going to read. And I know that's what God wants me to read from that day. <laughs> so you open your Bible up and you're sitting by a fan. The fan blows a couple pages and there it is. 
You think that's the way it happens? No. There's going to be a way you do it, but the point I'm trying to get across again is, is you've got to re start in the New Testament. Start with the Gospels. Go into the book of Acts and then read the letters to the church. That's us. Are you hearing me? And then also get a good devotional. Devotionals usually, I mean, you, like Brother Hagin has all kinds of devotionals out there. What? They're maybe a page long. Gives a scripture down there that you, you can read in a, a, a confession you can make. But you need to be feeding your spirits. You need to be built up in the word of God. And then also the word of God not only strengthens your spirit, it renews your mind. Now, I like to say it this way because it is the truth. Unless you renew your mind with the word of God, you're still going to have the same stinking thinking you had prior to getting born again. And that's where uh, a lot of Christians fall short of the mark. And that's why a lot of Christians end up falling away from God. They never get their minds renewed. They still have that same thinking that they had before. Example, before they got born again, they had a temper. They got angry very easily. And once they got born again, boy, they're like all excited about it. But they never renewed their mind. And then all of a sudden something happened. And then all of a sudden their anger. They got angry again. And they, they, they go, I, I must not have gotten born again. I must not have gotten born. Yeah, you got born again. It's in your spirit. But now you got to do something with your head, your mind, your thoughts. We have, I don't care who you are, you have strongholds in your mind. Are you listening to what I'm saying? There are very bad strongholds that we developed over the years prior to living for Christ. And there are good strongholds that are built up as we get this word put in there. But the bottom line is, is if you responded a certain way prior to getting born again, more than likely you're going to respond the exact same way when you go through the exact same things if you don't get your mind renewed. Do you understand what I'm saying this? I'm trying to help you right now. The only way we keep our flesh under is to get our spirit man strong and our minds renewed. Come here, Davey. Come here, Riley. Yes. Okay. So, we'll say that Riley is the flesh. Sorry. You are the spirit. Bigger, stronger. I am the soul. I'm the thought processes. Man, how y'all doing out there? No. So, anyway, so, right now, this, I get born again. Born again. Woo! Born again. Hallelujah. You're excited. Yay! Going to heaven. Woo! -hoo. A little bit more excited. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and so, so here is this flash still is calling out. Come on. Yeah, come on. Let's go do this. Come on. The, the, the flesh is still wanting me to go eat that extra slice of pie. You're, and, 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 and I don't have my mind renewed yet. I don't know that, uh, that uh, what is it called when you eat too much? What is that called? Gluttony. Yeah, I don't know if that's in the Bible, that I'm not supposed to be gluttonous. I just know I like pie, and I want to have another piece. And so, I'm coming, and I, because I don't have my mind renewed. The point I'm trying to make is, until I renew my mind, what's going to end up happening is my spirit, who wants to do right, and my flesh, who wants to do wrong, is going to be pulling me. And whichever one of those two is the strongest is the way I'm going to go. However... If I begin to renew my mind, are you hearing me? 
I'm renewing my mind. I'm beginning to think God's thoughts. I'm beginning to, to come in line with his thinking. Then when my flesh wants to do something wrong, my soul signs in with my spirit, and we come over to our flesh, and we keep our flesh under. The Bible says we buffet our bodies. We beat our flesh black and blue. Come on, let's go. <laughs> do you get this? I know I, Go ahead, you sit down. Thank you, guys. Do you understand that? That's why we got to get our minds renewed. That's why we got to keep feeding on spiritual food. You're a Christian now. We're Christians, followers of Christ. I want to be more like Jesus. I want people to look at me and see Jesus. I am in no wise near my notes right now. And I really got a good message, so I'm planning on getting there. I want us to approach this the right way. You've got to, I don't care how many times you hear a subject taught from the Bible. You should be excited to hear it again. I, 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 I'm, I'm just going to tell you, man, I went to a Bible school, and I know from whence I speak, people would, when Dad Hagen, Kenneth E. Hagen, I mean, the, the one who started the church would get up to teach. He would have, he would teach a particular subject that he wrote a book on, and I'm telling you, when he was teaching, he was speaking verbatim from his book. He wasn't reading his book, he just it was just flowing out of them. And you know what a lot, excuse me, of the people in that class did? They didn't listen. They weren't listening. I'll just read the book. That's missing out on something called the anointing. And the anointing on that man of God. And the anointing on that book that he wrote. We have got to get to the place where we, when we hear the word being taught, we get excited about it. We need to honor this book. We need to reverence this book. We need to hold it with great esteem. This is the holy written Bible. This is God speaking to me. People always say, I, I never hear from God. Read your Bible. It is God's word. It is a love letter from him to you. Oh, man, I, 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 I'm hoping I'm getting this across to you. Make that one of the things you're going to do differently this year. I'm not just going to, when I get home from church, I'm going to throw my Bible on the bed, you know, by the bed, and I'm going to leave it here until I go to church next Sunday. I'm telling you, <laughs> there are even other Christians nowadays, and this, I think this is one of the faults of having everything on a computer or even on a phone, is you never know what they're doing. You never know whether they're really reading their Bibles or, oh, after I play this game, after I go do this thing, after I look at my Facebook, after I go through Instagram, when I was at, I, wasn't when we were when we were at Raymer, you had to bring your Bible because we didn't have computers and I mean we had computers but they were the big giant ones you know. I'm really dating myself right now, aren't I? And we didn't have cell phones, and so but we went back to visit one time, and we went. They allowed us to go into the classes and 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 uh, we we're sitting there. And where before they had assigned seats for you, you had to sit in a particular seat and a particular row, and um, you were expected to be there at a certain time. Okay, everybody with me? Well, when we went into this classroom, people were scattered. They were sitting over here, sitting over there, and a lot of them, I, I would say probably the most of them, didn't even have Bibles. They had laptops, which is okay if you're doing it the right way. But... We, I, I was looking around, just checking. You know me, just checking. 
you would not believe the amount of people playing games. And I just thought to myself, if they ever asked me to come back to Rhema to teach, I'd have one thing that I would ask of them, that nobody could bring a computer or a cell phone into class. They would have to bring this, a Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. Well, Pastor Dan, you got to get with the ages. You got to get, you know, everybody has their Bible on their phone. And that's true. I, I look at it sometimes. When she's ministering, I, I don't have my passion translation, but I have it on my phone. So I'll go into it and I look at it. The point I'm trying to get across again is you got to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm going to get into the word of God. I'm not going to allow myself to get caught up in other things. I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added to me. I want my life to be different this year. And I know part of my life being different this year is this. Getting into the Bible, spending quality time with him around his word. I love the Bible. Do you know you've got the author of the Bible living in you? See, that rocks my world. I mean, wouldn't it be cool you read a book, a fictional book, and you really like that fictional book, but you got the opportunity to sit down and talk with the author of that book and ask them, how did you get there? How, how did it come to you? What did you, you know, just ask them some questions. Well, guess what? You can do that with a Bible. What, what does that mean, Holy Spirit? I don't quite get that. And I'm going to tell you a little secret here. There are going to be some times when you're reading your Bible and you don't understand it and you can ask the Holy Spirit and you still might not get the answer right away. Is that a bad thing? I, it's really kind of cool because I don't know how many times have I heard a minister go off on what they call a rabbit trail and when they went off on that rabbit trail, they, God answered my question about what was written in the Bible. God will do these things for you. Why? Because he loves you. But a lot of times, the revelation doesn't come because you're not in the position to receive it yet. Did you hear me? Did you know that that was the way with the disciples when they walked with Jesus? Many things they didn't fully comprehend. I mean, how many times did Jesus say, I'm fixing to go die? I'm fixing to be crucified. And I'm going to be raised from the dead. And yet, Peter still stood up. Oh, the Bible says that Peter rebuked Jesus. What you doing talking like that? And Jesus, where did Jesus say? Oh, thank you. I shouldn't be saying that. Jesus said, I rebuke you, Satan. Ouch. Why did I get up on that? But I did. Still there. Everybody understand that we love the Bible in here. I want you to know, without a shadow of a doubt, I preach the word. If I get up here and give you a bunch of opinions and theories, man's theories, man's opinions, the traditions of man, I want you to run. I want you to leave this church because this is not going to help you any. I am... I am not here to make you feel better. Oh, Pastor Dan, that is kind of mean. I'm here to help you grow. I am here to help you fulfill destiny. And there are going to be many times when the word comes forth, it comes forth as a two-edged sword. Many times that two-edged sword is used to cut off the enemy, but many times that two-edged sword is used to cut off things from our flesh. And it's not always the most pleasant thing, is it? Are you hearing me? Boy, I tell you what, you know how far I've gotten into my message? Like two lines. Hallelujah. How much time I got? Oh, my goodness gracious. Have you gotten to Genesis 17 yet? I believe that God wants us to go over this again. I believe God wants us to get into this.
Because I believe this is going to change you. How does faith come again? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. Catch that. Get that. Expect that today. Here in Genesis 17, God reveals himself to Abram, or Abraham as he would become to be known, as one of the seven covenant names of God found in the Old Testament. Verse 1. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Now, we looked at this a couple months ago, and it needs to be brought out again. The word for the Hebrew word for almighty God is El Shaddai, E-L-S-H-A-D-D-A-I, El Shaddai. And the meaning of that word, El Shaddai, not only means Almighty God, as it's translated here, it also means the many-breasted one. Very strange translation, but it actually means that. It also means the all-sufficient one. And this is the one I want to focus in on. It means the God who is more than enough. Friends, our God is the God who is more than enough. Our God is the God who is more than enough. If that's who God told Abraham he was, then guess what? He's still the God of more than enough today. He doesn't change. I, 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 I never like it when people try to use this kind of a statement and throw things back in my face. That's just a part of the Old Testament. That's just a part of the Old Testament. Notice what God said here in verse 2. And I will make my what? God's covenants do not last for a season and then they're gone. When God cuts a blood covenant with someone, that covenant goes on forever. Are you hearing me? And, and you might think to yourself, well, what does that got to do with me? Well, I'm glad you asked that. Because you're going to see in just a moment, that means that everything, all that God blessed Abraham with, are now ours. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Ooh, thank you, Lord. Ooh. Our God is the God who is more than enough. Your God is the God who is more than enough. My God is the God who is more than enough. Ha, ha, ha. He can be counted on. He is faithful. He, you've got to get to the place where he becomes your, the all-sufficient one for you. The one who is the source of everything you will ever need to fulfill your destiny. To live this life victoriously. And to be the biggest blessing you can possibly be throughout this world. To churches, to ministries, to people, whoever the Lord leads you to bless. Amen. He's the God who is more than enough. Now, over and over again, God revealed himself to Abraham as El Shaddai. Again, for time's sake, and because I looked at it a couple months ago, we saw that in Genesis 13, the Bible tells us that Abraham, notice this, he became very rich, very rich in silver, I mean, excuse me, in livestock, in silver, and in gold. Everybody say very rich. Very rich. Doesn't that sound like something you want to get to, that kind of a level of living? Okay, take your religious thinkers off. How many want to live in a position of being very, very rich? 
I mean, I'm serious about this. How many want to live in a level of being, uh, of being what you could label very rich? Okay, good. I'm glad you said that. We're going to see something here in just a moment. We saw that in Abraham's and Lot's possessions were so great that the land was not able to support them. So as Abraham was faithful to obey God, I want to say that again. As Abraham was faithful to obey God, God revealed himself to him over and over again as El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. I want you to go with me this morning to Genesis chapter 26. I didn't get to this a few months ago, but this is another place that speaks of God being the God who is more than enough. And this is in the life of Abraham's son, Isaac. And why? Because of Isaac's obedience to God. And because of the covenant God made between his father and himself. At this point in time, setting it up, there was a famine in the land. And this particular famine, I mean, it was bad. It was causing great distress amongst all the peoples. Uh, there was lack everywhere, a lack of food, a lack of water. But I want you to notice what happened with Isaac. Verse 12 says of Genesis 26, the, then Isaac sowed in that land. Then Isaac sowed in that land. Now, this is an obedience to God, because how many know that in a famine, doing some sowing is not very smart? It is not, if, the, if the ground is dirt and it's dry and, and, and there's been no water, to sow into something like that, you're not going to get anything out of it. But Isaac obeyed God. And he sowed in that land and noticed as a result of his obedience and in the same year, and it reaped in the same year a hundredfold, a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. Verse 13, the man began to prosper. Notice prospers in the Bible and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. Do you think God was trying to tell us something right there? He says, Listen, he began to prosper, he continued prospering, until he became very prosperous. Now, <laughs> for a lot of churches out there right now, for me to even read that scripture, there's something wrong with it. But is this the Bible? Is this God speaking to me? Do you believe that this is God's will for our lives? Oh, I hope so, because we're going to, man, I'll tell you what, I want you to catch this. Verse 14, for he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. Listen to these scriptures, verse 13 and 14 from the Passion. Isaac grew richer and richer until he was extremely wealthy. Now, what I like to do, my wife has said this, she likes to do the same thing is I like to put myself in these scriptures. Daniel grew richer and richer until he was extremely wealthy. Just saying. Just saying. He acquired so many flocks and herds and so many servants that the Philistines grew jealous. Does that sound like Isaac came to know the very same God that Abraham came to know El Shaddai? The God who is more than enough. Friends, even in the midst of a famine, where all the rest of the people around them were just barely scraping by, Isaac became richer and richer until he became very prosperous. 
he became very wealthy, so much so that the Philistines became jealous of him. And why? Why did Isaac become like that? Because of his obedience to God and because of the blood covenant his dad was in with God. Hallelujah. And my friends, listen, now this, see, this is what you've got to catch. Just like it was with the Philistines and Isaac, I am convinced that when the world sees us prospering in the middle of all, all the unrest and all the junk going on in this world, and they see us so blessed, they're going to begin to say, become envious of us. They're going to become jealous of us. They're going to want to know how we're doing it. And guess what happens when people want to know how we, we do it? Do we just say, well, well, I'm just lucky. Lucky, I guess. Or do we say, let me tell you about my God, El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. Amen. It becomes an open door to share the good news of Jesus Christ with them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Our God is El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. Uh, go to Psalm 23. How am I doing? Hallelujah. Psalm 23, very familiar set of scriptures. I'm going to read this today from the New Living Translation. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. My cup overflows with blessings again i like to ask the question simple question doesn't god know when the cup is full doesn't he know when the cup is full but he doesn't stop there he overflows the cup see he wants those blessings flowing down off of the cup off of our table running out the doors all around our neighbors all throughout our community he wants our cups overflowing because that's who he is. He is the God who is more than enough. Are you getting this? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I know someone look at me again and say, Pastor Dan, we're talking about the old covenant here. We ain't talking about the new covenant because we're part of the new covenant. And that don't apply to us. Listen to me. You're right. We are no longer under the old covenant. But does not the Bible tell us that we are now partakers of a better covenant based upon better promise. So if they had all of this going on in the old covenant and we don't have it going on under the new covenant, would our covenant be a better covenant than theirs? Hello? See, see, if they, if healing was a part of the old covenant, then healing is going to be a part of the new covenant. If, if deliverance is a part of the old covenant, then deliverance is a part of the new covenant. If, if being blessed and prosperous is part of the old covenant, then being blessed and prosperous is a part of the new covenant. And, and, and plus, we got a whole bunch more. See, we got the Holy Ghost living in us now. We are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. We have the same authority. We can operate in the very same authority that Jesus operated in. Think about that. When Jesus walked on the scene, what did the devils do? Ah, Jesus, it's not, it, don't, don't, don't cast us out before our time. They knew Jesus was walking in authority. And that very same authority is the same authority we're supposed to be walking in. So I, again, 
this makes me get a little persnickety. I don't know how else to say it. I kind of throw my thoracic chest back. I throw my shoulders back. Why? Because I can operate in the exact same authority that Jesus did. I firmly believe that Daniel Greenwald, because I believe on him, is going to do the exact same works that he did. Do you say that? Do you believe that? I just take Jesus at his word. Jesus can't lie. I believe that. I just, I know he can't lie. And Jesus said, most assuredly, I'm telling you the truth. I want you to catch this. It might be hard for your little pea brain to catch on to. I want you to grab on to it. Because those who believe in me, the works that I do, he shall do. See, the word also means Jezreel him. When, when, when we walk in a room full of demons, demons should be running. I, 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 I know how Hollywood tries to uh, make the, the demonic realm so powerful. And so, and everybody is feared, fearful of it. You know, you go into a room and there's a demon in there. Have you ever been around a demon before? Have you ever been around a person possessed of the devil? I have. I know from whence I speak. I've been in a room with a young man, had been to Canaan land, got kicked out. They let him come back. And then all of a sudden, one day in, in the classes, sitting around on this class, and he flips. He goes nuts. And it was the older teacher, Dr. Tommy, was in there. And, and Dr. Tommy just said, you stop in Jesus' name. And he's throwing books, and he's doing all kinds of stuff. And he was a little scrawny guy. And we had some big dudes. I mean, I'm a pretty big dude. And they, we had guys, other guys my size. We had guys that, you know, tats from here down and just tough and everything. It took about four or five people to grab him hold him down we got that demon out of him in jesus name the point i'm trying to get across is to say this you have in you the authority to resist the devil and he shall flee from you get the word flee in your head that needs to be something that you're thinking about all the time when the devil tries to show up you need to send him fleeing you need to see the bible i mean uh, who was that brother Hagen used to say Send him running away from you in holy terror. Ah! The devil running with his tail between his legs. Ah! I don't want to. I don't want. See, see, the devil should look at us and see Jesus. Do you think the devil wants to mess with Jesus any longer? Jesus whooped him. I mean, and it wasn't even a close fight. Jesus went into the heart of the earth, paid the penalty for our sins. You know, took everything that we deserved upon himself. and But on the third day, what happened? Holy Spirit went down there. That you were raised. He got raised from the dead. And Jesus made an open show of them. Right there in the realm of Satan. He let them know, you ain't got nothing on me. I whooped you. I'm going to whoop you. I'm going to keep on whooping you. You'll never, ever be able to come, come. You'll never be able to rise up from this. You will always be the defeated one. Well, I'm always the victorious one. See, see, I, I play sports, and so that kind of gets me excited to think that the devil, the stinking devil, he is the eternal defeated one. I think I'll say it one more time. He is the eternal, that means forever, defeated one. And have you ever read the back of the book? Have you ever read, up, read where he ends up? He gets cast into the lake of fire. Now, do you not want to be there to help the angels take him into the lake of fire? After all he's done to you? 
Don't you just want to kind of, I think we ought to actually have a big old, you know, uh, they used to do those kind of lines where people got on either side of the lines and you had to run through the lines and they're punching you and trying to, you know, to toughen you up to make, so you can become a part of their clan or their group or whatever the case. Don't you like, wouldn't that be cool? You know, we saw like a billion of us just lined up and the devil has to go, oh man, and then finally get down to the last one and Jesus just sitting there smiling, just going in. I mean, I, I don't know how it's going to happen. I'm just, this is all me and my, my, my little my lightning quick mind coming with these little dreams of mine. But wouldn't it be cool to be the one that kicks them in? Anyway, I'm sorry. Get off of that and get back onto this. What was I talking about, my wife? <laughs> Hallelujah. She said, I don't. She, you're mesmerized. Hallelujah. We're talking about a better covenant. We're a part of a better covenant. We have the authority of God in us. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Friends, get that. See, if, if healing was a part of the old covenant, but healing is not a part of the new covenant, would it be a better covenant? If deliverance was a part of the old covenant, but deliverance is not a part of the, of the new covenant, would it be a better covenant? If being blessed and prosperous and living wealthy is part of the old covenant, would being blessed and, and it's not a part of the, the new covenant, would it be a better covenant? See how I'm saying? you got to catch this stuff. God wants us to live blessed and prosperous because that's who he is. He is El Shaddai. He is, not what used to be, he is El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. I want you to get a hold of this. Because it will change the way you live your life. And you might say, well, Pastor Dan, I sure don't have more than enough in my life right now. I'll be honest with you. I'm not there yet either. Some areas we are. Other areas, man, I got a lot more growing to do. But that's okay. I'm, I'm enjoying the ride. I'm on this eternal journey with God. But I am convinced that God wants us, this church, the body of Christ in general, to catch this. Do you know that the Bible says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just? The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. Who are the just? Everybody point at yourself. I'm the just. What does that mean? That means you're righteous. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? You catch that. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And in fact, the Bible goes on to say this in Galatians 3. Remember I told you to hold on to those scriptures we just read from the Old Covenant? Under the Old Covenant. This is what the Bible says in Galatians 3.13. Do I have that? Casey, do I have that one? Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, which is awesome. How many know what the curse of the law is? How many can find it? How many know where the, the curse of the law is found? It's found right here in this Bible. You can find it in the Old Covenant. It's talking about uh, 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 the, the curse of the law including sickness and disease. It included poverty and lack. It included spiritual death. But the Bible says that Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. I have been redeemed from sickness and disease. And, and notice, it says that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon Daniel Greenwald in Christ Jesus. Well, what is the blessing of Abraham? Did we not just read about Abraham being very rich? 
Did we not read about Isaac being very, very wealthy, very prosperous? Friends, I'm telling you something right I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. I've been redeemed to the blessing of Abraham. Ooh, and guess what bought my redemption? The blood of Jesus. See, the blood of Jesus guarantees it. Ooh, I think I might just shout right now. I said the blood of Jesus guarantees it. See, that's what made the new covenant. The blood of Jesus was placed on the altar seat in heaven. It sealed once and for all the eternal uh, uh, covenant of God between us and him. Ooh, and, and, and again, if you can just grab onto the fact that, see, if I've been redeemed from the curse of sickness and disease, what does that mean that I've been redeemed to? I've been redeemed to health and wholeness. If I've been redeemed from 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 uh, uh, being bound and, 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 and just, you know, just to, all of this junk allowed, had on my life. What does that mean? If I've been redeemed from that and I'm now redeemed to what? Freedom. I'm free in Christ. I say that from my mouth with confidence. I'm free in Christ. I like being free in Christ. How many like to be free in Christ? I like it a lot because I'm in Christ and I'm free. I've been redeemed. I mean, I, part of the curse of law was poverty and lack. I'm redeemed from that. Jesus' blood redeemed me from that. That means, and I've been redeemed too. Okay, this isn't hard. Not poverty and lack. Prosperity and abundance. You get that. And it's guaranteed by the blood of Jesus. I'm not trying to throw something out there that's not in line with the Bible. But how many Christians out there do not believe this? They think that my mentality is wrong. That God doesn't want us thinking about rich. You know that people think, have the mentality that, 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 that money is the root of all evil? That's not what the Bible says. I hope you're listening to me because that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. See, if you get all caught up in, listen, if you get all caught up in, 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 in seeking after uh, uh, riches and, 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 and glory and fame and, and, and you're not doing it for Jesus, you're doing it for selfish reasons, then you're not doing it the right way. But does that mean that God doesn't want you to live that way? No. We're called to seek first money and the things of this world, and that will buy us happiness. It's not what the Bible says, does it? We're, we're called to seek first the kingdom of God and, and his righteousness. And all of these things shall be added to us. What is that showing you? It's showing you the priority has got to be Jesus first, his kingdom first. And all of this other stuff will be added to us. I'm not the one who wrote that. God did. That's his word. Are you catching this? We gotta get beyond. See, that's religious thinking. Thinking, I my 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 daughter can attest to this. She would, uh, you know, when they were at, at, at uh, went to Heritage Christian School, and, and and you know, of course, you got different people from you know go different churches, but they I don't remember the exact what the reason they were doing this for, but they had to get up and do a a um, essay or something along that line, and this one particular individual got up and just ripped into the, the, the message of God wanting us blessed. Saying how it's wrong, blah, 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 blah. And my daughter's out there, and she's listening to it, and she's going, not once did he share the Bible. He's not talking, he's just sharing ideas, theories, opinions, traditions of man. Are you hearing me? 
Am I past the time? Oh, man, I'm not even on. Guys, God has us on this for a reason. There's, I understand there's going to be some uh, stinky thinking that needs to be removed. I, I do believe that. We're going to see things. I'm going to get back. I'll show you some more scriptures from the New Testament. I'll show you the reason that we're on this. I want to talk about something. that, that I, I, I'll just close it with this thought. God doesn't want us living in the land of not enough. God doesn't want us living in the land of just enough. God wants us living in the land of too much, more than enough. And we're going to get into this, and we're going to show you this. And I want you to get grasp this. And, and I'm not going to go into all of it right now. I'll go into it next week, hopefully, Lord willing. <laughs> is the way you get from one land to the next is very simple. Be it according to your faith. According to your faith. It's not, it's not determined by where you were born. What side of the tracks you were born on. Doesn't matter if you don't have an education. Doesn't matter any of that stuff. The only thing that matters is be it unto you according to your faith. That's why we're going over these scriptures. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. We're going to get our minds renewed to what the Bible says. Not what Pastor Dan says. What does the Bible say? And then when we read through these things, we're going to say, oh, glory to God. That's the Bible saying that. I see it in the Bible. That means that's for me. That's for me. And see, that's what, what's happening when you start to think that way. Your, your faith is growing. Faith is growing in your heart. You're starting to see, get, have the wonderful word of God revealed to your heart and to your soul. And once the faith gets in you, all you got to do is release your faith from you, and you'll be able to start living. Living. Everybody say living. Living in the land of more than enough. I, wa I want this for us. I mean, when I say us, I'm talking about everybody in here. I, I'm not, listen again, I'm not saying this is going to happen with a magic wave of the wand. Ooh, no, it's a process. It's a journey. I understand that. But I also believe that my God is faithful to look over his word to perform it in our lives. And, and, and if your mentality is, I just want enough for my family and me, I want you to examine your heart. Because it cannot be the mentality that you have. Because that is called selfishness. I want to live a life where I, I and, and, and Ronnie can attest to this. I, when I, I don't really give people anything that they always say, what do you want for Christmas, Dad? What do you want for Christmas, Dad? I don't really give out what I, I don't really care. The only thing I like to do is be a blessing. I like to bless my kids. I like to, to, to bless my grandkids. Amen. It's just something that gets in you. It becomes the way you live your life. I'm blessed to be a blessing. And I want that to be our mantra for the rest of this church year and the rest of the next year and all the days of our lives. I'm blessed to be a blessing. Ha, ha, ha. That's why I'm telling you with Irene, I am trusting the Lord that we're going to be able to raise enough money to buy her an incredible vehicle. And, and listen, it might be, someone might lay it, God might lay it on your heart. I want you to pay for it. And let me tell you a little secret here. When God taps you on the shoulder and asks you to do something, most of the time it's a stretch for you to do it. Because, see, God is wanting to take you further than you've ever been before. And the only way you're going to go further than you've ever been before is to do things you've never done before. And sometimes that means, but I only have this amount of money in my checking account. 
How could I possibly do that? God will never ask you for something to get you into lack or poverty. God is always setting you up to be blessed. Blessed, blessed, blessed. That's why I got so excited about our offering to Dana and I. I mean, I'm still excited about that. There aren't many churches out there that give that kind of an offering. And I'm talking bigger churches as well. To give over $20,000 to a ministry. He was pumped. He was excited. Glory to God. And we've given, we gave Jerry Savelle over 5000 if I'm not mistaken. We've given uh, Mark Hankins over 5000 It's just, I, I, I practice what I preach. And, and, and I'm not, I am not into sob stories. But how many know it's sometimes good to know where this church is at? And that's why I want to share with you. I want, to, want you to know what the outflow of this church is. And I want you to know what the income is of this church. On a, I'll break it down to a monthly basis. But the bottom line is this. God doesn't want us just getting by. God wants us in the land of more than enough. So then when I, a person like Irene needs a car, we can just say, okay, pull it out of the camp. Here you go, go buy your car. I've seen it happen in churches. I've seen the whole churches shut down, and all of a sudden they had these people coming up, and they, they had wrote down on a piece of paper what they were believing God for. It, I remember exactly what he called it. I know the church and everything, but, but anyway, they would write down what they were believing God for. And, and, and so they, the whole service, they'd pull out these cards and say, this person has been believing for a new vehicle. And they'd come out, and they're standing there and everything else, and, and, and they said, okay. And, they, and the guy said, here you go. Here's a new car. Handing him the keys to a brand new car. And, and you're like going, oh, my. And that just didn't happen once. Over and over again. Everybody going, what's the name of that church? <laughs> and, and get this. this. To me, the best one, the best one was when they had a family. A, a family just moved there to help them. And, and in fact, he, he, the, the pastor of the church was saying how this family, and there was a, a, a mom, a dad, I think three kids, if I'm not mistaken, like three little kids. And he said that he was walking, and all of a sudden he looked down the hallway, and this family is on their knees cleaning the floors, cleaning the floors. And they said, we're just believing. And I guess, no, I'll take it back. Two of the little girls wrote something down, drew a picture. Well, I'm believing for a new van for us to drive in. And they came up there, and the family's standing there, and he goes, here, here's your new keys to a brand-new minivan. And they are all excited, people going, you know, crazy, having a good time. And they start to leave the stage. And the pastor goes, where are you going? Your other daughter had a little thing, too. And, and, and on his picture, this little girl's picture, had a picture of a house with them in it, in the windows. He said, I'm leaving God for a house. And he threw keys to a brand new house. That's blessed to be a blessing. God wants us to live like that. God wants us to have that kind of mentality. Who can we bless? Who can we bless? Who can we bless? I can't bless anybody if I'm not first blessed. Do you see that? It's so important to grasp this. I know that many people have taken this message and gone off into a ditch with it. But again, if the Bible says this is the way God wants us to live, then glory to God, I'm going for it with everything that's in me. Because if Jesus paid that price, the ultimate price for me to have it, then I'm going to have it in Jesus' name. Do you see how I'm saying this? I want this for all of you. How many believe that your mind can be renewed to understand and grasp these things? And, and, and again, don't take my opinion. What does the Bible say? What does the Word say? 
and we're going to go through it some more. I, I'm excited, aren't you? Yeah. I believe that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just, and I believe it's what the, that wealth has been laid up for such a time as this. We're in the, we're in the very end of the end of the last day. I'm convinced of it. We're there. We are there. Do not be surprised. Now listen, do not be surprised by the junk that's going to be going on in this world. Because I don't know about you, there's more stuff been going on in this world that I could have ever imagined before. But I'm telling you, it's going to get worse. Oh, Pastor Dan, that doesn't sound very uh, uh, exciting and thrilling or whatever. It's the way of the world. It's called darkness. It's called the devil. He's manipulating these things, causing these things to happen. But still, it doesn't change. It doesn't change the fact that we are not in the world. We were in the world, excuse me, but we're not of the world. We're not of the world anymore. We're Christians, followers of Christ. And, and, and my heavenly father is El Shaddai. Amen. The God who is more than enough. He wants it for every one of you in here. And, and if you're not there, do not get upset or frustrated or say this doesn't work. The Bible always works. You work the word, the word works. It always works. Otherwise, God's a liar. And I'm going to tell you real bluntly, God's not a liar. If he said it, he will do it. I expect it to happen in my life. I know from whence I speak. I know it's been a journey for us. Has it not been? It's been a journey. But I'm telling you, it's so much fun to be a blessing. There's nothing more thrilling to give people something that they've been needing, something that they are looking for. Amen. And listen, do not come looking for something from man. Go to Almighty God. He's got to become your source. My God shall supply all our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He's the one that supplies your needs. Have you ever wondered why some people, it seems like it's always the same people getting blessed. Always the same people being blessed. It's because they're doing the word. People over here, they look at it and they say, well, God, if he did it for them, he should do it for me. You got to get in faith, friend. Testimonies are great. We should have, te we should have times of testifying. But that doesn't give you faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You got to get the same word in you and you got to have that. Okay, if God did it for them and God's no respecter of persons, I'm now in faith. I know God's going to do it for me. Yeah. See the difference there? Hallelujah. Oh, I tell you, I'm excited about this. I believe I'm looking at a bunch of blessed people out here. And you're going to get more and more and more and more and more blessed. I know it's not easy, Dan, when, when you're living with the barrel on top of you, not knowing how you're going to pay your bills. I know that. I, I, I'll just close with this thought. I remember us living in a, an apartment, and it was a, uh, what would they call that? Low-income apartment. This is where we're at. And we're living there, and it was nice. We enjoyed it and everything else. Man, I'm telling you, we didn't have any food in the house. None. I mean, we might have had a little couple scraps here and there, but we had our scriptures up on those, on those cabinets. This cabinet is full of food in Jesus' name. My God shall supply all our needs. And we did not become disgruntled. We got more excited. We kept believing God. And we had times where it was like that. And all of a sudden, knock, 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 knock. Knock, 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 knock. And there's some of them big boxes of food. God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. 
And I'm telling you, that's, I want to be the one bringing the box full of food. Are you hearing me? That's, that's so much more fun. But God needs me blessed to do that. God needs you blessed to do that. What would, what, what, would, what would this community be like if all of a sudden they heard about Celebration of Life Church showing up people's houses with just boxes of food? He just wanted to bless you, love you. God wants to know you, he loves you. And walking away. What are we going to do? What, what would that do in this community? It gets voiced abroad what's going on in this church. That's our mentality. Blessed to be a blessing. We're blessed to be a blessing. We look, we're going beyond the four walls out into our community. And do you not think people want to come to church like that? Be a part of a church like that? I know they will. Amen. And, and, and again, this isn't to be selfish. This is to be a blessing. I want that to be your attitude. Blessed to be a blessing. And if you, again, all, all I can do is trust God that if, if you have the mentality that this is not the kind of teaching I want to be hearing about, then all I ask of you is the simple thing. Just get, come long enough to hear what the Word says. Hear what the Bible says. Again, I, I, I understand. I'm, I'm coming against years of religious thinking, stinking thinking. I'm telling you, and you know what? The, it, it's, it's usually the hardest thing to get removed out of a person's mind is religious thinking. That's the way mama did it. That's the way daddy did it. That's the way my Auntie Sue told me that's the way it is. I don't care what your Auntie Sue says. I love Auntie Sue, but I'm telling you this much. I keep saying I tell you, I'm sorry. If it's not in here, if it's not the Bible, I don't care what they tell you. Because, see, this changes you. This will change your life forever. And this will put you on the path you're supposed to be on, a path of living in the land of more than enough. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you right now for the word that's come forth. I just believe in Jesus' name. The people are receiving, receiving it. I believe in Jesus' name that, that, that hearts are being strengthened with this word. Minds are being renewed to this word. And I believe that this church is going to grasp these glorious truths. And say, God, you did it for Abraham. You'll do it for me. You are El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. If that's who you are to Abraham, that's who you are to me. I expect it, Father. I thank you for it, dear God. I believe that you have glorious things in store for my life, for my family, for this church. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, our best days are before us. We're going to walk in the light, the truth of the word. Thank you, Father. Thank you for minds being renewed. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. May we all see you as you are. El Shaddai. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, right now, I just lift these men and women to you. I'm asking you to Reveal to them, reveal to them the heart that I preach this from. It's not a selfish heart, Lord, you know that. It's a heart that desires for all of us to live blessed. Not so we can hoard things up, but so that we can be a bigger blessing than we've ever been before. I want this church to be a church that blesses other churches and ministries with 20,000, with 25,000, with a hundred thousand, yes, even a million dollars. 
offerings. I've heard of other people receiving those kinds of offerings. I want to be the one giving it, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Now, with your eyes closed, nobody looking around. I know the majority of us in this room are Christians. I'm not sure of everyone. That's why I want to make this opportunity. You know, the greatest decision any of us could have ever made or will make is receiving Jesus Christ into our hearts as our personal Lord and Savior. It's not something your mom and dad can do for you. It's something you have to do. But it's simple. God didn't make it hard. You simply see what the word says about Jesus and how he redeemed you from the curse of the law and redeemed you from death and destruction and redeemed you from the hand of the enemy and has made a way from you to go from a state of death unto life, from being separated from God to becoming God's very own children. If you've never asked Jesus into your heart and you don't know for certainty, then when you let, leave the earth, you're going to go to be with him. I'm going to give you that opportunity right now. Greatest decision I've ever made in my life. Just slide a hand up. Nobody looking around but me, and I will pray with you. Anybody in here say, that's me. Or you would say, Pastor Dan, I'm a Christian, but I haven't been walking with the Lord the way I'm supposed to be. I've been doing my own thing. I've been doing things I know I shouldn't be doing, and I need to get right with God. I just want you to slide a hand up, and we'll pray with you. Anybody in here say, that's me. I'm not going to hold it for a long time. It's not always necessarily a bad thing. But just know this, God loves you where you're at. But he doesn't want you to stay there. He wants you to go up higher with him. So once again, anybody in here, just quickly, I'll pray with you. I don't see hands, so just look up. Hallelujah. Hopefully you guys got something out of that. Did you get something? Yes. I know sometimes it's, it's, it's amazing to me how uh, challenging preaching a message like that is because of what you come up against. And I'm not saying that directed at anybody in here. I'm just saying We've got to trust God for revelation. I believe what the Bible says. And nobody else can argue that away from me. I believe what the Bible says. And if God says he wants me living in the land of more than enough, then that's what I expect to live in. Am I there yet? I visited there. But God doesn't want us visiting. He wants us living there. Amen? Hallelujah. So, Father, I just ask you to bless the people now as they go their way. I ask you to bring them back safely on Wednesday night for our Bible study, the ladies back on Thursday for the women's Bible study, and next Sunday for our next service. Glory to God. Keep them. Bless them. We thank you for it now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. You guys are dismissed. We love you very much.